Brownstone with Jara Monique, the show where we unpack how people experience and engage with different aspects of life from their varied perspectives, all while sharing some laughs, some gags, and some advice. I'm Jara, and on today's episode, we're talking about mental health shit. Joining me today will be my friend, Michael. Michael, welcome to the Brownstone. Hi, how are you? Thank you so much for having me today. It's so good to be here. I'm good. Thanks for joining me and agreeing to do this. <laughs> I'm so excited to talk to you today. Me too. How are you doing? I'm well. You know, I'm just happy that it's the end of the week and I'm hoping to just kind of take it easy. It's We're about to get to August and it's like every day is pretty hot and gross and, you know, we're even stuck inside more because of that. So hopefully... <laughs> We'll have things to do, you know, read a book, watch a movie, record podcasts. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Yeah, New York or the tri-state area rather in this time of the year is so gross. It is so humid. It's mm-hmm. uncomfortably humid. Like I'm spitzing right now, just sitting yeah. in a chair. <laughs> Barely I'm trying to move. my couch as well. <laughs> Yeah, but other than that, I mean, I'm good. This is still stay-at-home, sort of, still quarantine, sort of. Everything's up in the air, sort of. <laughs> yeah. We're in that follow-the-rules-if-you-want stage. Yeah, which feels, like, problematic. It's to just be, what are the rules? Everyone fucking follow them. Mm-hmm. People can't do it. They can't do it. Can't do it. Don't want to do it. Like, mm-hmm. I want to go out as much as the next person. Kind oh, of. absolutely. But at the same time, I'm just not willing to risk my life or anyone else's. More so like anyone else's. <laughs> That's how I feel. Like a lot of people are like the beaches are open and my sister went and I was like, oh, like I'm glad you had fun. Was there a lot of people? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, that's, that's why I'm not going. Like I'd love to go to the beach with you, but it's just, mm-mm. there's not enough social distancing guidelines. Implemented. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like there are ways to do it. Like, um, I didn't even tell you this, but last weekend I actually went to a drive-in drag show with the girls from Drag Race. I know uh, you can't see this because this is a audio medium, but Michael's jaw just dropped. (laughs) How fun was that? It was so much fun. We're both huge fans of RuPaul's Drag Race. And this was the, I think it's like part of the Work the World Tour, and they have to like reimagine it, obviously, because of coronavirus. So literally, you stay in your car, you turn to like the radio station, and you can hear the music, and you just watch them. And like, there's also, um, what's it called? Like tailgating space. So you're supposed to leave like six feet or more between right, your and car you can, like, and the next. Outside or... Exactly. And it's like, every other car too. So there's like a space. So there were people like in chairs and stuff, but it was a bajillion degrees. So <laughs> we were kind of just out there smelt like melting. And I, I felt so much for the girls because, They're Oh my God. Makeup. Yeah. Like the makeup, the costumes, the, the lights. I was like, Oh my God. Thank like, God bless these drag queens. Because... Water. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> yes. But it was so good. It was, um, Aquaria, who I like adore, like newfound adoration of Aquaria. I don't know what happened, but something changed for me. And I'm just like in love with her now. Um, Asia O'Hara, who's like always perfection. Uh, Evie Oddly, 
who did Ooh, awesome. Yeah, she was fun. And she's always, I mean, she's just, she's Evie Oddly. So <laughs> the name speaks for itself and speaks for like her performance. Um, there was, who else? Cameron Michaels. Love Cameron. Yeah. Oh, uh, Plastique, Tiara. Oh, the, what? wow. What a good lineup. I know. And then, oh, oh my God, Acid Betty, who's, Oh, she's too straight at Trixie. And, and Acid I'm, Betty. <laughs> yeah. And then Monet Exchange was supposed to be there, but she um, ended up doing the night show because it was just too hot. <laughs> She's still putting up with that shit. I don't blame her. No, I don't blame her either. And I've seen Monet several times. And like, so I was like, okay with it, but I love her too. But it was like so fun. And it was like, yes, like we can get out the house. We can socialize, you know, responsibly. And Mm -hmm. we get to do something like so enjoyable. And I feel like that must, that must feel really good to, to be able to do a socially distant event where other people are also following the rules. And it's like, see, this can work. Like, we're all in our cars. We parked one space apart from each other. Like, if great. Like, let, this is perfect. Like, I wish that, like, that could just work out in all circumstances. Yeah, across the board. I think it just takes a little creativity, a little, mm-hmm. like, ingenuity, and just, I don't know. People are just being lazy, honestly. <laughs> it's true. People are just, yeah. People are over, like, it's... Ugh. I know. Okay, but we'll um, move on. So briefly, I do want to say that Michael and I, uh, our background is we've been friends for several years now. We met in 2015, 2015, (laughs) doing an AmeriCorps program out in California, which we will not name, but (laughs) it was an experience. (laughs) It was. Yeah. And, um, We've been friends, yeah, ever since. And the reason why I kind of wanted you to do this episode with me, let's try that again. The reason why I wanted you to do this episode with me, Michael, is because um, you've shared uh, with me parts of your journey with like mental health and through your own um, experience or what you were able to share with me, I was able to learn so much about my own mental health. And kind of just, I don't know, take a look at myself and what I was going through. So, yeah, right. I think this would be great to, like, have this conversation and hopefully, you know, help someone or spark something. So That's awesome. I love that. I'm so happy that I was able to, like, be a thought to join this. This is so fun. I'm so happy Yay. to, like, talk about this. <laughs> Such a relevant topic. Yes, it's of the times. And it's to quite. <laughs> start the show, I like to begin with a segment called What's the Meaning? where we discuss a word related to today's topic or just a word floating around in the zeitgeist and discuss our experiences with it. And today it's going to be the word crazy. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> so, I mean, for you, Michael, what, what is crazy? What does that mean? To me, the word crazy means just no control. <laughs> like, it is the antithesis of like logic or like, anything normal it's just complete out of control not necessarily wanted not necessarily unwanted but just when i hear the word crazy i think of britney spears because of her song (laughs) oh yeah you drive me crazy yes and melissa john hart was in that video don't forget yes i love that film that it was uh 
And same with the guy from um, the boyfriend in Devil Wears Prada to Anne Hathaway. He's also in that video. Yes, Adrian Grenier, because I fell in love with him in the Drive Me Crazy movie. <laughs> but yeah, so I always think of like that 90s era when people were just like putting the word crazy in their songs. I don't know. I feel like it was a popular, like, at least for Britney Spears it was. Yeah. But, yeah. I just think it means like no control. That's crazy. Okay, no control. And yeah, it kind of was a part of like the early aughts. Like colloquially, like crazy was everywhere. Like Britney Spears, you drive me crazy or just like crazy in love. Like all all these jams like had crazy in it. And so I think it kind of made it like... Yes, exactly. It made it sort of like acceptable to, to say it and to use it. And like for me, you said out of control. And then I also think for me... I. I think crazy, um, I don't know what its original intention or meaning was, but I think it means like someone who doesn't behave like in the manner in which we expect or deem like normal. So anyone who behaves like abnormally according to society, we're just like crazy. (laughs) Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Like if someone's doing something silly, we're like, oh yeah, they're nuts. Like they're crazy. Yeah. And so, I mean, do you think that it's... Why would you wear that? Are you crazy? No, exactly. Exactly. We use it for, like, everything. Clothes. Like, oh, you eat that? That's crazy. Like, what? You pay that for that? That's crazy. Yeah. Oh, did you hear, like, she called his phone so many times. She's fucking crazy. Like... (laughs) I think it's just an easy word. Everyone can say it. It's not, like, a SAT word where, like, we're not describing mental patients that are, like, clinically insane. It's, like, crazy. Everyone can be crazy. (laughs) I mean, yeah, that's interesting because I think maybe it's used in, like... I didn't look this up, but I feel like it's, it's used when it was created was for like the criminally insane (laughs) and then we maybe adopted it into like colloquial language to just mean anybody who's like bugging is yeah crazy so i guess like words and language change with the culture but do you think the way in which we use it is like harmful yes i was actually just thinking about this as you were talking i feel like the word has been really negative for women as far as like historically like when women are like going through their cycle like that's they're crazy like it's like you know haven't like it's literally like not a part of life like it's silly how we would be like well that's a crazy time for a lady or like when people act hysterical but they're like expected to act normal but they're like have feelings that are validated but we're like well you're just crazy and it's like no like i'm not i'm just angry and i'm annoyed for a reason yeah oh my god you no that's a super good point because we use it, yeah, we use it to invalidate people all the time, to invalidate people's experiences. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it's become so common that we even use it to invalidate ourselves. Like, oh yeah, I, I, I can think of so many times where I've just been like, oh, you're acting crazy. Like, just stop. And like, not even realizing that, like, no, maybe I'm being gaslit by somebody who's making me feel crazy. <laughs> right. No, it's true. It's, it's just, a, it's like an easy scapegoat that anyone can use and everyone feels that they can just give to somebody else. Yeah. Like I know and people. that's crazy. And that, <laughs> I like what you did there. I like what you did there. <laughs> but I'm going to say like, I know people who are actually just triggered by that word, by being called crazy because it's been used to just like demean their experiences 
And so it's, it's made me try to be more mindful in the ways in which I maybe even say it because I am guilty of, of saying it even still. Yeah. Who isn't? Yeah. But I think it is something we should be mindful, especially like. It's a judgy word. It's a super judgy word. Because it's like, even like if someone like, like, for example, like goes skydiving, like that would be crazy to some people. But for other people, that's like an experience they'll never forget. Like that's liberating, that's exhilarating, or like, do you know what I, do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> no, no, I totally get it. I think like we weaponize it when and how we want to. Because mm. sometimes, like you describe an awesome experience, like you said, as being crazy. You'd be like, "Yo, that shit was crazy. That was the wildest thing I ever done. Like, oh my god, I had so much fun." And then on the other hand, like if we see someone acting what we think is like irrationally, then we're just like, man that person's being crazy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think, I think like we're guilty of that just as a society at large. And mm-hmm. it's like coming up a lot now because there's been a lot of stuff in the media and in the press, like obviously Kanye West's situation, like Twitter a couple of weeks ago was like flooded with the hashtag free Britney. <laughs> like yeah. there's a lot going on. And so I want to think like, not that I want I want to think, but do you think, like we conflate sometimes crazy with genius or like... Yeah, I think it's hard because I feel like geniuses are known to be very eccentric and kind of colorful and just out there. And I don't know if if you're a genius, then that makes crazy okay. Mm. I'm not sure if that's our way of being like, oh, well, like they're a genius. So like they're crazy. Like, duh, they're a genius. Why would they? <laughs> but it's, I don't know. Like I just, I try to think of the way just famous people have been historically like their track record in like Hollywood, like they've always had issues and they always tend to go a little crazy. Yeah. Because Hollywood ruins people's lives. And it's just like, I don't know. I forgot what the question was. Yeah, no, it's okay. No, I feel like, yeah. I mean, Hollywood is like its own sort of beast in and of itself. And I think if you yeah. are someone that has, um, mental health issues, then it can definitely exacerbate them because you're just not living essentially a normal life right. if you're in Hollywood. Like, you're just not. <laughs> and that could be really harmful to people. And then um, I think, for instance, like Kanye West, it has come out, he's, he said it himself, that he has been diagnosed with bipolar disorder. But it's also been long held, like, within people who love hip-hop and appreciate, like, his artistry that he is a genius on some level, like a musical genius. Mm -hmm. And so those two things I feel, I mean, are completely separate. I mean, I obviously don't know Kanye, so I can't talk about like how he feels like if one influences the other, like his ability to create being due to his bipolar or not. But I think um, everything coming out in the media with his like run, his bid for presidency, like the, the series of tweets, yeah, he let out. It's just kind of like, are we watching like a manic episode happen in public? I think so. Yeah. And are things so. he's saying forgivable because of his genius or like because he has this mental illness? Like, do you get what I'm trying to say? Like, yeah, it's, it's like, when is it? when can you not be held accountable because it's just not your fault versus when can you actually be held accountable because you could have not made this choice? 
Yeah, it's just like I was just thinking of. Have you ever seen, you've seen the movie Amadeus, right? I've seen part of it about Mozart. Yeah, and how he like he was like a creative genius and was like very out there, eccentric, but like probably had some sort of mental disorder that back then would not have been even thought of. Mm-hmm. I I would imagine so. Like, I don't know, like Kanye West. Like, it's true. It's like music, like like that love lockdown, like love lockdown. Like, yeah. <laughs> but it's like for for me, I can separate the music from the man. Like, I can appreciate what he's been able to produce apart from like Kanye West and what he does every day. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I don't I don't feel like his music has harmed anyone. And so, as to what I my knowledge, like he hasn't been offended. Like, I don't think he's stirred the pot with his music mm-hmm. but I think he's definitely stirred the pot with his words and yeah definitely um it's just very it's very scary because from what we were able to from what I was able to see watching the set like the clip from someone's iPhone at this alleged rally which I don't <laughs> I don't believe was legit at all I think it was like a street and he was just there talking <laughs> Um, it looks and the, and then to, to then hear that he's bipolar, it's like that's very believable. Like after watching that, that totally looks like an episode of bipolar manic disorder, whatever yeah. you call it. Like it totally looks like that's what that was. Yeah, no, it definitely it, it definitely does. But then my thinking is like being able to like you kind of said like separate the man and the person from like something that he may have and from what like he's capable of doing so it's like yes Kanye has bipolar disorder but he is not bipolar disorder like he is a person a fully fledged person who clearly is going through something and so even though I like I myself don't have it and I don't know how the inner workings of bipolar disorder works other than like just a brief like not a brief but like a small understanding of what that means like yeah like it clearly looks like he's going through you know a manic episode but I'm like, does that mean he doesn't believe the things that he's saying, even if the way that he's saying it is problematic? Mm. Like, it's like, at some point, we have to have a level of accountability, right? Like, yes, you need help. Like, yes, you need support. And we hope you get both those things. But the things that you have done while having this episode have hurt someone, have hurt several someones. And so there has to be some accountability to that and not just like what like us willing it away like well that's just Kanye he's just he's just a crazy genius like Like, oh like we expect this from him it's like no like that's wrong like we shouldn't you know what I mean yeah so I mean it's it's definitely interesting and then I think even just for for Britney I don't think anyone would have classified her as a genius and like no shade to Britney like (laughs) (laughs) no shade to Britney like I love her and she is like amazing at what she does and like we clearly like witnessed her have like a public battle with mental health like many many years ago and the toll that took on her physically like her career her relationship with her her kids and stuff yeah that was like whenever I think of that time period for her it's just the way people want to see people like no one saw her as a mental health victim back then they saw her as crazy wanting attention yes and it's like 
we do that to so many celebrities and in my opinion like female female females period like we we are so ready to attack the ladies that are have big names like we did it with Hillary Clinton when she was running for president like they sabotaged her mm-hmm. like like just we like we I feel like we are so good at just ruining these amazing females in this country and it's just like these people just- like, like she was going out with, like, Britney literally just wanted to go out with Paris to a house party, but they, like, they couldn't, they wouldn't let them do that, because why would they be allowed to do that and get away with it? Like, they're young women, they don't know better, they're crazy, they're stupid, and it's, like, it's just crazy <laughs> how, like, like, when I really, when I think of that, it's just, like, the paparazzi, like, literally wasn't, like, th- that only added and just fabricate like it just oh it just ruined it it just blew everything up <laughs> i know michael's I, talking with his hands right now he's really really um, really into this <laughs> yeah like, i love my girl Brittany, and it's just like i feel like like i know there's also a famous painting by andy warhol i think with marilyn monroe in four different squares mm-hmm. and it's supposed to like represent how like america like ruined her like they did the same thing. Like they just, they couldn't handle how great she was mm-hmm. that they just had, they just kept ruining her because they couldn't handle that. She was just a, like a person that was making it big and a female and successful and smart and pretty. Yeah. And it's just like, we have, I think we have a, like the world has a huge history of this. of just like, not a, like, just like literally just breaking down whatever, barriers people have until they have nothing left and then they're just like in a conservatorship or they're dead or mm-hmm. they're like in a facility yeah. wow he's <laughs> got really into this and, yeah you got really, i appreciate that i think that's so true what you're saying and how there is a way that in which it is weaponized according to gender like the media and you know unfortunately those of us who are consuming the media are so quick to label you know independent women or independent thinkers like as crazy Mm -hmm. and And they need a savior they need like a man they did it to judy garland the same thing they they doped her up on med like they put her on medicine her whole life Mm -hmm. they basically put her in a conservatorship but not officially like she really didn't have much say anymore towards the end because she was crazy Mm -hmm. getting so into this (laughs) (laughs) yeah just um it's it's wild yeah when you think about it like that like it's, it's wild yeah like i i'm not gonna lie i signed the petition to free britney <laughs> because i think like she worked her whole entire life for that money and she should be allowed to do what she wants with it like and i mean clearly like it's she's taking care of herself in the in the best way that she can like she looks great like she's seemingly I mean, happy. She's got a man and she's got her kids. Like, so, I mean, I don't know, Brittany, but this is just what I'm <laughs> assuming based off social media. Right. But it is literally like a way in which um, society like takes power is by just labeling women in particular as crazy because it just mm-hmm. strips you of all authority and it strips you of like um, validity. Like, that's crazy. No, oh my god see i'm, I'm using it <laughs> not so even we're just so there all the time it is so there and it's like so appropriate i think in this instance so i'm like wondering is 
is that is that what's happening with Kanye and we're not seeing it? I I'm sure. Even though his actions are like erratic. I'm in love with you. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. This is like so interesting, but all right. But guys, we're gonna head to our very first break and we're gonna come back in a little bit and head to our main topic discussion. <laughs> Welcome back from that cute little break. (laughs) We have arrived at our main topic discussion, a segment I call The Stoop, where we dive in, get comfortable or uncomfortable, you know, put our bonnets on, take our bras off. And (laughs) today we're talking mental health shit. So let's just kind of start with a definition of mental health. And I took this from mentalhealth.gov, which Mm -hmm. sounds super official. So I didn't come up with this on my own because... I, and I want to stress this, I am not, nor is Michael, a psychologist. (laughs) We are not trained therapists. We are uh, nothing, really. We we have maybe some CPR certifications, but that's about (laughs) as far as it goes. We're going to use a mental health certification that probably expired a couple years ago, but... That is so true. (laughs) I still have my little card that says, this person was certified. (laughs) So do I. That very effective uh, five-hour training that we had. (laughs) Anyway, so um, as defined by mentalhealth.gov, mental health includes our emotional, psychological, and social well-being. It affects how we think, feel, and act. It also helps determine how we handle stress, relate to others, and make choices. Mental health is important at every stage of life, from childhood and adolescence through adulthood. Over the course of your life, if you experience mental health problems, your thinking, mood, and behavior could be affected. Many factors contribute to mental health problems, including biological factors such as genes or brain chemistry, life experiences such as trauma or abuse, and family history or mental health problems. So that's a very (laughs) thorough, I think, but like concise definition of mental health, which is just, it affects your mute, your mood. It affects how you handle situations, how stress affects you. It can affect brain chemistry, depending on the type of mental um, illness. But I think overall, what that says to me is like, it affects all of us in I some agree. way or another. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's very valid. I just think, I feel like everyone tries to really just really nail down a definition of mental illness. And Truthfully, I think it's just different for everyone. This is just my opinion. I feel like what someone has, you might not have exactly that, but you might have something else. And that still is under this umbrella of mental illness. It's really what it is to you that makes you ill. And I think that that's very important to acknowledge that. What some people might think is, why would this be considered a mental illness? It wouldn't, this would never be a problem I have, but it's, it's a problem for somebody else. And I think that this definition kind of encompasses all of that. Yeah, I think that's a good point, is that mental health or mental illness, which I guess are two different things, um, is not going to look the same on on all of us. It's not going to look the same just across the board, and there's going to be so many different factors for that, but mainly because we're all individuals, and we're all going to experience things differently, even though sometimes things will seem somewhat similar. Mm-hmm. And um, now that I had mentioned that before, like, what is the distinction you think between like mental health and mental illness or are they interchangeable? 
So I think of mental health as ways to get better. And I think of mental illness as ways to understand that is wrong, that you might, you, you might think is wrong with yourself as far as like, what is so different? Why am I struggling with this? That's mental illness. But mental health, I feel, is what are you doing to understand it further to get better? Those are like, that's like the steps. Oh, that's, that's a fucking awesome way to distinguish that. I love that. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm super proud of you for saying that, uh, which is how, I don't mean that in a condescending way, but that honestly makes so much sense to me, like that sort of very concise way to break that down, which I don't think I've thought of, really. <laughs> okay, so speaking of, I guess, more so mental, the mental illness realm, like, what has been your understanding of it, like, as you've grown up and now, you know, as an adult? And, okay, yeah, let's just start there with, like, your understanding of it. Sure. So, I mean, for me, it came when I was younger, and I know that mental health, or I'm sorry, mental illness comes at different stages in people's lives. Some people get it in their 20s. They get it when they're, like, seniors. For me, I definitely had it when I was younger. However, I didn't know what it was at the time. Um, So personally, I was diagnosed with obsessive compulsive disorder and anxiety in middle school. And that was after like feeling depressed, didn't really understand why I was feeling that way. Just obsessive thoughts, having rituals, routines, those thoughts of that you're a bad person, that you're like not good enough. And those are typical thoughts of people with OCD. And it's, it was, it's really tough as a kid because you don't even know how to say any of this to anyone because you just don't know like you're 12 13 14 so i think so for me it was as a child and it didn't really it didn't really come to me to understand it until much later um and even just as a kid when i did start doing therapy i didn't like it it wasn't for me at the time and i also think that that like is a wonderful way to get everything out on the table and to talk it out but for me at the time it wasn't working i just had to go to college, honestly, just had to grow up on my own, I think, to really understand it and meet other people that had it. And maybe also that I know the stigma has very much changed since at least 10 years ago. Like mental illness is very much an open conversation for Americans, for sure. Now it's like on the table, don't be ashamed, talk about it. Everyone has it. And back then, I don't really remember that being a thing. I don't remember hearing like people asking you constantly, like, how are you doing? Mental health was not something you really talked about I guess it was more private so maybe that's why at the time I was very like I didn't like there I didn't have any answers back then yeah wow so thank you for sharing that Um, of course you know info by yourself and it's like one of the things I admire just so much about you especially where we came from like working together and, and developing like a friendship and just seeing that kind of like evolution and you just sharing your truth about you know what you dealt with and continue to deal with and it's honestly opened up like so many doors for me personally, because I found myself kind of like once you had told me a little bit about um, OCD, just kind of identifying a lot with what you were telling me, but um, kind of like in regards to what you were saying, like the stigma, even though it is lessening, so to speak, at least for mm-hmm. our generation, like we're much more willing to go to therapy and seek help. Um, there was still a part of me that just was like, Oh, I don't want to name the thing that's that's wrong right because it feels like so official and I can't even imagine being a child and trying to find the language to be like something just doesn't feel right 
and then trying to figure out like yes. what that is like so did you feel like you had the space to kind of go to your parents and say I don't know what this is but I know this is not how I should be feeling I did and they were very supportive of me throughout the journey um but even just so I'm not even sure if it's a cultural thing but like my family and my we don't talk about certain things out loud like I my grand parents never knew I went to therapy they never knew my sexuality it doesn't really bother me truthfully because I don't need to convince someone from the stone age that why that's important when they love me already um but like with my immediate family this it, w- it was definitely like a challenge for all of us just to understand like now I have therapy appointments like who's going to take me and at the time it was very like hush hush I don't think my my siblings knew I was t- I was prescribed medicine for a while. I would like go to my parents' room to take the pill just to be private about it. Like it was very like hush hush, and it wasn't like something that you talked about. Again, this might have been just my personal experience, just how my family culture is. I don't know how it was for anybody else, but they took me to therapy. They paid for it. Yeah, <laughs> they waited in that waiting room for me, so the support was there. Just and it's it's very interesting to as as someone who's a supporter, they there is no how to support somebody. There is no how do you do this effectively. You have to kind of just do what you think is right. And sometimes what you think is right isn't perfect, but it's better than nothing. And it's like that's all I can be is just thankful that my parents didn't like get mad at me for anything. Like like you're just causing drama. Like they never did any of that. They we got a therapist, spoke, and we had that going for a while. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's great that your parents, like, one, took your concerns as serious because I feel like that could be an issue for a lot of young people today. And definitely, you know, in the past, past generations is a lot of um, adults just being like, you're a kid. What do you know about stress or anxiety or, you know, you don't pay no bills pretty much, (laughs) you know? And I just think about um, my own personal experience and even that of my friends, like, just growing up and almost having to, and I'm going to say like play in kind of like quotation marks, but play at being counselors because we were going through so many things and some of it traumatic in a sense and just not yeah. having an adult that you felt like you could turn to and be like, hey, I'm struggling, like something's going on. And so I think a lot of that could be culturally, at least in my environment, um, in my family, like mental illness wasn't discussed. Like everyone was stressed. Everyone, it was just kind of like that's life. Like right, like everyone has their own plate of problems. You have to you have to deal pretty much, and especially I mean, there's a lot of factors that contribute to that. But I would say like our socioeconomic status as well. Just being from uh, I guess a quote unquote poor family, there really weren't the resources for for like any type of counseling. So I do think it's great that your parents like took your concerns seriously and was like, okay, let's see how we can help you. But how do you think you internalized the diagnosis as you had to kind of hide, so to speak, certain things that were going on? Honestly, I think maybe that's why I journal a lot and I like to do a lot of things like that now. It was just gee, it's one of those things where I'm not sure. I think I just got distracted in other ways. I tried to find hobbies. I was constantly involved with like something with school. It's, I think many people would agree. Like it's, if you're like, cannot be alone when you're not sure how your feelings are stabilized or unstabilized, 
that's it's better to just be occupied with something else. And I think that's what I just tried to to do, not to have to just like wallow in my own whatever. So I just I remember growing up and and like being very 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 fortunate to acknowledge who was my friend, who wasn't my friend, the people that I really weren't good people that I was friends with in middle school. I knew not to be associated with them anymore. I found my close friends that I still talk to today from high school, and it's just I don't know. Like it's like if you can find your crew almost and it does, like your found family like that's really important and it really helps people especially in this day and age where found families are your primary family for a lot of people yeah i try my best every day to just see what to do what i can do for myself but like i do believe in like the faith of medicine and i'm just so thankful that there is medication out there yeah to help. no i think there is a, a stigma sort of around having to take medication to um I don't know if it's like monitor your your sort of symptoms or like monitor the illness, but it's like you would take medicine for anything else. Like why wouldn't you take it for like your mental health when that literally like influences every single thing that you do? Right. I agree with that. Like I take vitamins every day too, but I'm not ashamed to say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think my Flintstones don't <laughs> Exactly. So it's like, if we're willing to do all these other things in terms of like diet and exercise and whatever else is prescribed for living like your best full healthy life, then if medication is a part of that, then so be it. Like, take it. Shit. <laughs> like if I could take something to help me modify my fucking moods, I take it too. It's true. And like, I honestly, I do think it's like things are changing as far as like like, I feel like back in the day, like in the 1950s or whatever, I'm sure things were much more hush-hush. And like, go, just going to talk to someone was like, you were, you were a mental. <laughs> like, you were not. <laughs> but I feel like now it's like, what new age parent doesn't want to have their kids in therapy? Like, mm-hmm. let's be real. If you're not in therapy, are you even living? <laughs> <laughs> if you're not LGBTQ something, if you aren't having a mental illness... If you're not diverse, then what are you? You're so stupid. <laughs> are you even, like, here? <laughs> are you even here? I mean, if you have access and you have, I mean, which we know in the States, like, access to healthcare isn't a thing. So, so if, you, if you do have the ability to um, be insured and speak to someone, then, yeah, I would also recommend... Uh, talk therapy or even one of those online apps which I myself have done talk space or there's a bunch of other ones that you can find yeah which is just like just a way to check in sometimes sometimes we just need a little check-in yeah yeah you just need to let somebody know what's going on with you and um what's great is like yeah you can talk and you can tell them things but most importantly it's like your therapist will give you the tools so that going forward, you can help manage these things like on your own, or you can at least recognize certain patterns that you have. Right, right. I agree. Which is like when it becomes kind of dangerous. Cause like, yeah, our friends are awesome and wonderful and like do the best they can to like <laughs> deal with us and, and listen to us. But at the same time, like sometimes you just need a professional to like break it down to you in a certain way. Of course. Yeah. And Absolutely. also like you. Also, like you said, to just also let you know that, like, 
you're like we were saying before, like you are not crazy. Like there is something going on. There is a thing happening. And this is just not you being dramatic or this is not you being difficult or you're, mm-hmm. you wanting attention. Like there's an actual issue that needs to be treated and it needs to be like addressed. Validated, yeah, exactly. And I think that would help so many people. I think so too. And it can always be like something you don't even know about. Like even like, for example, like when kids go away to college after living with at home with their family for their whole life, they dorm at college and then their feelings, their mood probably changes because a different scenario. And it didn't even like that mental state didn't come from something negative per se. Mm-hmm. Like you just, it was just a, a different transition in your life, but that could still be something that could be addressed and that could still be like, a mental thing like that could be like mental health like you're you're learning how to like live in a different way that you have before like I'm not sure where I'm going with this yeah no (laughs) that's so funny but no that's valid like I think maybe correct me if I'm wrong what you're saying is like it's not always something traumatic or trauma happening that's gonna lead you to have to seek out therapy or to have some sort of issue. Like sometimes it's just regular everyday life thing that sometimes you just need help getting through. Like, Like you said, going away to college or going through a breakup your sexuality, your gender, like discovering those things. Like sometimes like getting you just married, like who, word. How do newlyweds not have therapists? Like it makes you wonder. It's like, you're literally taking another brain with their own shit into <laughs> now your home. And now you're just expected to be like, like, oh, great. It's like, let's be real. You have issues. It's fine. It's fine. It's totally fine. We all have mental health stuff that we can Everybody has do. their own way to deal with whatever it is they're dealing with, whether that's just like going to sleep. Like sometimes I'm just like, I need to sleep on it. like i'm I'm, like that like or just going on a walk like i feel like mental health is anyone's game yeah no that's true anyone's game like what do you like you also think like everyone should be doing something in regards to their mental health yeah i mean I, i i truly think that everyone without even realizing that they're taking mental health or doing mental health practices does something to enhance their mental health whether that's just like making sure your fan group is awesome, making sure that you're doing like doing something you like, having a hobby. Like I feel like everyone has their own way. Yeah. Like take care of themselves. Yes, I agree. And like some ways, and this is like not based on any judgment, like some ways can be unhealthy. Like that's just true. And we all, yeah, we all take part in some way in some kind of unhealthy self-coping mechanism. And um, sometimes, you know, that works for, but for so long. And I'm really kind of like calling myself out in this too, because for me, I think I grew up with like dissociation of like, you kind of like, you like, you didn't want to be labeled as having a mental illness, so to speak. And we were in that time period where labels were bad. Now everybody got to have one. Yeah. (laughs) If you don't tell me what you call yourself, you are not. Like, it's just interesting how it's like labels were like, oh my God, like labels, that's bad. Like, don't label me. But now it's like, I identify as this. It's like, good for you, bitch. Like, I'm happy. (laughs) Like, 
this is like within a decade and things go from friggin' A to Z so quickly. Yeah, which I think it's more so like people empowering themselves and then like saying, you know, I well, see this. No labels anymore, which is great. Yeah, like I see this within myself and I want it, I want to acknowledge it, but I also want, you know, the world to acknowledge it and honor it, which I think like, hell it's fucking cool. yeah. Yeah, and I think like that's the sort of mentality we should have across the board. Like we should have that with, you know, mental illness or like gender, sexuality, whatever it is. Even though I guess mental illness isn't an identifier because it's like something you have. You think something is an identifier? I don't know. Like, (laughs) like, what do you mean by classifier? I don't know. You don't know. I don't know either. So I, I think yeah. I think like mental a mental illness really isn't an identifier because, like, I don't think you're expected or anyone's expected to like go up, introduce themselves, and be like, "Hey, my name is so and so. I use these pronouns, and I'm suffer from like manic bipolar disorder." Like, you could do that, could, but like, but I would run away because I yeah. don't. <laughs> but that feels like unnecessary and like really ignorance is bliss yeah and it, everything at once. yeah and it really doesn't tell me anything about it you. doesn't because you don't you don't know the person just because they're telling you they could be lying like it's not it's not like it's, it's not a genuine way to like get to know people to do that yeah i agree I, I think. yeah Maybe speed dating and there's like a point to this but like other than that like naturally <laughs> i don't think so <laughs> Yeah, so I agree. Like, it, it's it's not an appropriate identifier. But, um, yeah, so for me, like, growing up, like, you kind of didn't want to be labeled that because you would ultimately be labeled, as we had said in the beginning of the podcast, as crazy. And you don't want to be labeled crazy because people would just dismiss you. And um, so I kind of operated under the, like, guidelines of, like, you work through your own problems, you keep it to yourself, like... I just thought of something. You pushed through. What did you think of? The antithesis. Remember I was talking about the antithesis to crazy? Yeah. I think it's creative. Mm. Crazy is really creativity, but positive. Okay. I'm in love with you. <laughs> oh my God. Are you in this song? Okay. So that's interesting. That's interesting. So when it's something that we all vibe with right or that we deem acceptable then it's just creative Mm -hmm. but if it's something that we collectively think is not okay or not normal or erratic like whatever then we deem it crazy yeah if you're not following the sort of status quo yeah wow and it's like i think creativity and craziness are all are one and the same it's just how we we choose to see it. Mm. Like if you had like an abstract painting here versus a, a, the same one here, some people would be like, oh, that's crazy, that shit. But somebody else could be like, that's so amazing, <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, yeah. So then does like crazy even exist? See, now we're getting into like other... <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I think it does because I think craziness speaks to actions, but so does creativity. Mm. I don't know. Something to think about. <laughs> well, our listeners, now's your time to think about it. Yeah, write in. Write into the show and let us know if crazy is even a thing. Um, and maybe, yeah, like you're like we were saying, conflating it with genius or just conflating it with creativity. Mm-hmm. 
So, I mean, that's interesting. But um, back to like before, I kind of just in your, again, in your journey, like, did you have any like troubles? Like, I guess, accepting the diagnosis? Because you did say it was like when you were kind of young. So like you were still just like even figuring out who you were. Right. I'm, it's it's weird to think about because it's someone at that age at like 14, like you're literally a baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, do you know anything? Like, and it's true. And it's, and honestly, no, I wasn't. I was really confused. I felt like I was doing something wrong. Like you feel bad. Like, why am I here? And you And like, as a kid, like you don't have to be like an older person to realize like, when you're in a therapist's office, like there's a certain vibe and a tone and people are sad. People don't want to be there. And you just like, you kind of like feel that and it makes you feel worse. Like it doesn't feel like at the time, like as a kid, it doesn't feel like, oh, thank God. Like this is an answer. This is a step in the right direction. Like you, I, as a kid, I didn't like see it that way. Mm. I wasn't saying like, oh, like I know this is the right thing. I'm happy to be doing this. I'm so fortunate that my parents can pay for this. Like that wasn't going through my head. Yeah. You know, like at the time versus now, it's like, please, like, get me to therapy every day. <laughs> Who wants to pay for it? Like, I'll be there early. Like, <laughs> but as a kid, I just, I just, it, that was not how it was perceived for me. Yeah, I can't. I don't imagine. think I was the only one. I don't think I was the only one that would have that would say that. No, I don't. I don't think you are either, because I, I mean, I didn't go to therapy as a child, but I, I agree. I think like you just feel for some reason, you just feel bad. Like <laughs> you just feel like there's something bad about you and you just don't understand why or what it is. And mm-hmm. like, I think it's like a lot to do with comparison to like your peers, especially if um, here in the States, like there's a huge sort of like dichotomy of like the popular kids the not so popular kids. Like you get put into some sort of category. Are you a band geek? Are you a theater kid? Are you, yeah. Are you, um, a jock like and then if you can't find yourself in any of those spaces you kind of just feel like fucking weirdo (laughs) and you internalize a lot of that so i think like i definitely all the all the weirdos in like pop culture are are, like in therapy yeah (laughs) it's like maybe this is just the place like i don't know (laughs) it's rough it's rough growing up i mean it's hard it's hard (laughs) It's hard, but I mean, do you think like looking back, like, like you've obviously benefited though from like getting an early diagnosis and getting treatment? Yes, definitely. Like, I think, I mean, for me, it was like, yeah, I would. So as someone who had a good experience from from learning it early, I would say the earlier, the better. Mm. Just like, but that's from my own experience. Yeah, that's, yeah. All right. Yeah. (laughs) So we're going to head into our last and final break and we'll be right back. And we're back from our last and final break. This last segment of the show is called The Roundup, where we wrap up our discussion with any bit of advice or any observations we've made during the show. This will also be the space for listener letters and feedback. Should any of you want to write into the show, you can at the brownstone podcast at gmail.com. And so, yeah, last question, Michael, what are some tips or any advice that you have for someone struggling with their mental health? If I could give advice to anybody that's struggling and doesn't feel like they have a way, I would just tell them that you're not the first person to feel this way. <laughs> and mm. 
it's so hard to feel like other people can be going through what you're going through because it's like, how could anybody survive this and whatnot? But we're like, no one's ever the first person. So like, this is something that somebody else can relate with. You're never alone and you can find the way. You don't, yeah. all, you don't have to pave the way. It's there. You just got to mow the lawn. <laughs> and you just got to mow the lawn. That's <laughs> oh that's hilarious no but i mow the lawn that's what i'm saying mow the lawn y'all that's michael's advice mow the lawn (laughs) (laughs) no i think that's awesome i think honestly you're right like you're not alone because mental health stuff can make you feel so isolated it can make you isolate yourself and so the best thing i think is to find community um even if it's just one person even um especially during this like as we're saying, semi-quarantine time, depending on where you are. Um, Depending on your feelings, yeah. Yeah, like, whether that's Zooming with friends or, like, just texting someone, doing online therapy, you know, if you can't go to a therapist in person yet. Or, um, yeah, for me, I would say taking time for yourself, taking time to do things solely for yourself um, in whatever form of self-care that is. Uh, sometimes that's going to be taking your medicine, y'all. Okay? So self-care is taking your medicine. <laughs> or, or booking your next therapy appointment. Booking your next therapy appointment. Yeah. Sometimes it's like yeah. baking something. Like Michael said, going for a walk. I know that we both do a lot of journaling. That's a way in which we stay kind of grounded and connected and mindful of what's going on um, internally. Definitely. Yeah. And I would also... Um, Yeah, I would also say just be patient with yourself. Be kind to yourself no matter what it is. Rome didn't get built in a day. Exactly, no matter what you are going through because mental health, like, it's not linear at all. Yeah. It's up and down, it's back and forth, like, some days. It's like next dimension. Exactly. (laughs) Parallel universe, like, whatever. Upside down, like. Yeah. knows like (laughs) completely completely so just be patient (laughs) with yourselves and with one another and i think like give yourself some grace give it to people that you know in your life who are struggling right now um yeah and let's just work on being loving being kind and that's main that starts with self-love like as cheesy as that is like that's so corny but you have to start with the core to then give out Oh, you gotta start with the core, core, <laughs> to then give out. Yeah. And so, on that note, that is our wrap on today's show. I want to thank Michael so much for joining me again, and of course, thank you all for listening to the Brownstone with Jara Monique. Before we go, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can also follow the show on all social media platforms and the acts will be in the description box below. And please stay tuned for next week's episode. Talk to you guys later. Stay blessed. Bye.